Welcome to On The Point Podcast, a podcast for all things Overwatch with a heavy focus on League, discussing roster moves, weekly matchups, and a twofer because we've got the Stage 2 Finals and we also have Stage 2 All-Star Week. Well, I mean, it's just All-Star Week for the... Season 2 yeah. All-Star Week. <laughs> Season 2, Stage 2, 2.2, version mm-hmm. whatever. It's been a very long everything, guys. Yeah, it has. <laughs> it absolutely has. All right. I'm Katie. I'm the support main. I am CJ. I'm the tank main. And we should probably swing right into this. Yeah, because we got a lot to talk about with the Stage 2 playoffs. So buckle in for a two-hour show, you guys. That's probably going to be what happens. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try not to make it that. I've kept my notes a little bit sparse to uh, hopefully avoid that. Yes, but you're talking with me. Yeah. 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 Uh, so... Just gonna make sure Discord doesn't make a noise. Uh, That's a good plan. So up first, we have the Shanghai Dragons rematching the San Francisco Shock, and they did, as predicted, do a little bit better than the first time around. They yeah. took a map off of the Shock. The first people to do so this entire stage. Now this whole stage, the Shock dropped a total of three maps. Yes. Two to the Titans and, that's and a, one to the Dragons. Yeah. Regular stage, none. Golden and then stage. in playoffs, they lose three. Which is pretty damn good uh you kind of ridiculous looking at their you know stage record you literally cannot get better yeah um and i mean there's the caveats of well they had an easier lineup and there was this mm -hmm. and there was that and i yes everything has a caveat in the overwatch league all of the numbers have caveats and context in Mm -hmm. the overwatch league but honestly that doesn't make it any less impressive not not at all um, Shanghai, again, looked very strong with their somber compositions and their DPS, but the thing is, when, as I've gone over a bunch of times, somber compositions, somber ghost has a very easy and specific counter that if you have solid team cohesion and basically, as soon as the somber TP's out, you bum rush the remaining five people on the team. Shock knows how to do that, so the longer these DPS comps, when they were able to run it, they were able to get some traction. But when the but eventually San Francisco Shock was able to impose their game and Shanghai just didn't have an answer. And I mean, you talk about having great team composition. That is the San Francisco Shock. They have been a well-oiled machine this mm-hmm. whole season so far, and it really yeah. shown in this stage as soon and as, in these finals. Yeah, as soon as they sort of settled on their starting lineup, it's they've just hit the ground running pretty much, and just again looked a little bit better every time they've come out. I would love to be at some of those watch parties. Just, oh, it has I feel to be like insane. that would be the best. <laughs> For sure. Up next, the Hangzhou Spark takes out the London Spitfire with a 3-1 victory. That is the upset that none of us were expecting. We yeah. were expecting the Gladiators to be the upset. And then all yeah. the analysts were saying that NYXL was the underdog to the Gladiators. But that's next map. Mm-hmm. That was the one we expected to be contentious. This came out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, for sure. Like, Hangzhou sort of quietly put together a better performance this stage than they did previously. Yeah. The sort of disparity between the expectation and the way they performed in the first week and then the rest of the stage, kind of like the hype around them died down a little bit. And they just quietly put together a good run. But I don't think anyone was expecting them to take on London Spitfire in the form that London has been playing recently. Yeah, because London has been showing up, and we, we've mm-hmm. made jokes about, well, which London is going to come out to yeah. play tonight. 
and it's been good London. Yeah. So the spark showing up even more mm -hmm. is wild. Yeah, and it leaves me wondering if they can keep this form going into the next stage. Because if so, we, we're going to maybe start to see some of the promise that was shown for them, the, some of the promise, the hype behind them going into the start of the season, where we hear about how good they are in scrims, about like the fact that people are maybe underrating them. If they can keep this up, you know, maybe we finally get to see that contender that Hangzhou is always kind of billed as. I wonder if part of this is, because we talked a little bit in um, stage one time, yeah. About them having stage fright, yeah. about performing on such a big stage in front of so many people and how that might be affecting things. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if the performance in this stage, I, I don't know what their schedule was offhand. Mm -hmm. I wonder if they might have had an easier or a mid-tier schedule and if they're also getting used to this. Mm -hmm. They've been on the stage more than once. They know what to expect. They know what the arena is like. They know what the fans are like. Yeah. And I wonder if removing stage fright from the equation has helped them hit their stride. I think so. And I think also, like, they've looked better when they've been able to have Crystal in there. Yes. I think having that one other Chinese player to sort of help keep things cohesive. Yeah. Like, with... Because previously it was pretty much just Gu Shui. Yeah. Is the only, like, active Chinese player on the roster. The only one who is really, like, in there from the word go. And having Crystal in there, I feel like... Just, it's made a difference in how well this team plays together. Yeah, it's in much the same way that the uh, Washington Justice, once they got sleepy, mm -hmm. it helped Corey out a lot because yeah. that was someone else speaking English on the team. Mm -hmm. So I, I think you're right. I think it's hard having an odd man out. And when your odd man out is your main mm -hmm. tank, yeah. that's a problem. For sure. Uh, so this was exciting and I loved it. Yeah, honestly, this was a really good series. All of these series... Like, even the, the ones we're going to get to, even, even, the the, blowouts. even the blowouts, were very entertaining, and there's something to learn by watching them. Because, again, all the numbers in the league have context. Mm -hmm. uh, up next, uh, NYXL versus Gladiators. I think everyone, after the Gladiators had performed so well during this stage, and New York got rocked by twin losses to Atlanta, despite the fact that they, you know, had a 5-0 that they had a 5-0 up to that point. Like, people were seeing NYXL look shaky, questioning whether their approach to things was a little bit outdated against a more aggressive style. And when after that first loss to Atlanta, you and I had sort of thought that... Um, They'd pull it together by the in, second time they faced Atlanta as a the, revenge Yeah, match. in the rematch, we thought that they were going to really sort of, you know, hit another gear. They were going to come into something to prove. And that's how they played tonight. At or really, tonight, well, well that, that night, yeah. yeah. I feel, I feel bad for the gladiators mm -hmm. because their perfect stage was ruined. And you know, I'm not mm -hmm. not by NYXL, but by the match before, they were very close. And they keep their playoff losing streak intact. Yeah, I just I feel bad for them, but I'm also happy that they made it to the playoffs full stop. For sure, because I'm accustomed to at this point, I'm accustomed to my teams not doing that. And mm -hmm. two of them, well, three of them are in here now, and I'm mm -hmm. very pleased with that. Yeah, um, NYXL, they looked like we expected them to look, you know, prior to the Atlanta matches. They were composed, they were playing together very well, they weren't playing scared the way that they were against that uh, second, you know, Atlanta Rain. Atlanta Rain match. 
Yeah, they looked like, I, I keep calling the unbeatable teams the juggernaut teams, mm-hmm. and they looked like a juggernaut team again. They did. They looked They looked top tier. And I, you know, I wonder if, you know, I wonder how they're going to look in the next stage, because I think these playoffs kind of definitively gave us our tier ranking, and that... Basically, we going into this stage, it was Titans, Shock, XL, considered to be the three that are just head and shoulders above the competition. And there was some contention as to whether mm-hmm. Titans or Shock were at the top, depending yeah. on who you asked. For sure. And I think, you know, <clears throat> NYXL, given their shoddy performance against Atlanta, and then, uh, you know, the matchup we'll face later on, there might just be a step above the rest, but behind those top two. I think you're right. I think they're in solid third place. Yeah. But I there think, is a gap there. Yeah. No, I think Titans and Shock are the top two, and it's just a matter mm. of the day in terms of which one is number one. Yeah. But NYXL is very much that solid third place. And mm-hmm. given who the top two are right now, that's not a bad place to be. No, for sure. But I feel like the NYXL, they are going to have to really show out in this next stage to really keep themselves in that top-level conversation. Yeah, especially since there's enough footage of them getting rocked mm-hmm. that other teams can study mm-hmm. now. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm saying for sure a lot. I'm gonna have to. For sure, that. for sure. Thanks, Janice. I, I agree 100. Yes. Um, speaking of teams that do not have any trouble staying in that like top spot conversation, the Vancouver Titans knock the Dallas Fuel out three to zero. Um, this is not a surprise, but I assume it was painful. Yeah, it it is. Um, on the one hand, I get to see a team I love win, and then I also get to see a team that I love absolutely pummeled. They got pretty waxed. Yeah, it's one of those things where I feel like Dallas still really struggles to find their footing against a team that puts them on the back foot. Like, when they get rocked, they just have a lot of trouble putting their legs under them and sort of rallying together and not sort of breaking under the pressure. They're great when their stride doesn't get broken, but once yeah. someone trips them up, they don't get back up to speed. Yeah, the the best way of describing it is, you ever hear that old Mike Tyson quote of everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face? No, but I kind of like that. Well, it's a thing. And yeah, that's essentially, I think, the Dallas Fuel's Achilles heel. When they take that knock on the chin, they get staggered and just don't really recover from it. And when you have a team like the Titans that will put on such relentless pressure, it's a really bad place to be. I mean, I've never seen a hashtag be so accurate. Force of nature. Force of nature. They are just fucking terrifying. Yeah. Um, Up next, speaking of, you know, uh, returning to the topic of being terrifying, the San Francisco Shock sweep the Hangzhou Spark 4-0. This was a rematch from earlier this stage, wasn't it? I believe so. I know that I they've so. played each other before. I, I remember seeing the art. Mm-hmm. That, that's part of how I know yeah. this, is God bless the Hangzhou Spark. Their art is amazing. Did you see the poster they did for the stage finals? I did not. 
Oh my god, it's beautiful. It basically had all eight of the mascots kind of around like a light mm. in the middle. And then as teams started getting knocked out, they'd repost it with the mascot of the team grayed out. Oh. And what I love was some of this was some of them are really great and really well drawn. And some of them were like, this team doesn't have very good branding. Like NYXL's yeah. was they drew the Statue of Liberty with the headband colored in NYXL mm -hmm. colors. And I'm like, that's because they don't really have a logo. Yeah, well, do they, have, they? <laughs> they have a logo, but there's no like mascot thing that they can point to. And I mean, that's that's kind of hard for a sports team because you want yeah. something you can rally behind. You want something that people can dress up as mm -hmm. like. I keep defaulting to the LA teams and it's like, well, we don't have a specific mascot, but wings out became the Valkyrie and shields yeah. up is well. Yeah, there are obviously. actionable things for cosplayers to do. Yeah. Um, I feel like most teams have that. And so it really sticks out when they're a team that doesn't. I, most of the teams don't though, because what the hell do you do for Philadelphia fusion? That uh, ion. Yeah. But how do you dress up as an ion? I don't know. How do you make an eye on a mascot? I don't know. But here's here's the poster. Oh, that's pretty Showing good. it to him. Yeah, look at this. But then you can see, like, some of it's really good branding. There's the mm -hmm. gladiator's lion. There's the uh, dragon. There's this DJ that they've created for the shock, which is uh, one of my favorite things. And then you have the Dallas Fuel represented by the jack-in-the-box guy. <laughs> Yeah. Which is hysterical it is. to well, me. They also, like, they it. have a uh, little animated series they're doing online. Fuel House. It's so bad. Eh. It's genuinely painful. I mean, animation is hard. On, like, sense of humor and very, very cheap. Like, unfunny jokes, very, very cheap sense of humor. Like, sub-sitcom writing. I mean, let me Will Smith this for you. Sponsored by Jack in the Box. Yeah, I know, but like <laughs> Jack in the Box hits a very specific niche in terms of this is the kind of food that I want, and this is the time that I want it at, and it, it's usually shitty tacos at two a.m. But that's how Jack in the Box works. Yeah, and this is definitely the shitty tacos of two a.m. Uh, in of animation. See, I feel like at that point you just need to get drunk and watch it. Because sometimes things fit into very specific circumstances. And I'm, I say that having mm -hmm. not actually watched it, aside from the little, like, paid YouTube ads that they do. I mean, I might test that theory, but I'm pretty confident on where I stand. Um, Product tie-ins, they're difficult. They are. Whereas we had a Gamer Snacks from Valiant where they made Kit Kat brownies because yeah, of the Kit fine. Kat tie-in. That, that works. Um, it was hysterical. And also, I'm pretty sure half the people on Valiant have never encountered a Kit Kat in their lives. I'm pretty sure, like, half of them have never, like, encountered most forms of food, judging by how things go on that show. But it's so much fun! I'm not saying that it isn't endearing, but as someone who cooks and has worked in restaurants, it hurts my soul on just a technical level. Yeah. I enjoy it, but yeah. at the same time, it's just like, Jesus fucking Christ. I'm really tempted to ask for their P.O. box, find a set of green kitchen utensils, and just send them their way. Like, look, they're brandless. They're in your colors. Please teach Agilities to use a spatula. Or I love him. He is scraping a bowl with a fork. Teach any of them to use a knife as well. Like, the, the grip on it is just like... Anyway, uh, the, the point of that New show York Excelsior is gamers versus Vancouver Titans. <laughs> Vancouver Titans <laughs> takes out NIXL 4-1. Did you want to talk about Dallas at all, or are you done talking? Oh, no, we're, we, we're, we're already 
well past. My that. brain just went back to the animation. Uh, it's been a very long weekend and a very long day. <laughs> um, so this is a match that I think everybody was really looking forward to and seeing how these teams and their styles were going to match up. And um, we pretty definitively have our answer as to who's going to win between the unstoppable force of nature and the immovable object. And the answer is um, move, XL, get out the way. Get out the way, XL, get out the way. Have you seen that gif of the car driving along the road and it stops and does a very quick K-turn and drives in the other direction? And then this huge flood just comes in after it and it's dragging a whole bunch of trees and yes. an entire house? Yes. I feel like that entire house was the NYXL. I was going to... And the flood was... I was going to say, you ever see that like meme image that a lot of people have put up? Of it's an old one, but it's a car just plowing into a bike race, and you just see fucking <laughs> no, yeah. Oh no, oh no, no. I was just thinking of the flood gift because it's one of those like, ah, that car is making an abrupt turn in the middle of the freeway. Oh my god. So yeah, uh, that's basically what this was, and this was the matchup that we were expecting for the stage one finals. Yeah, before um, Seoul did that upset. Mm -hmm. So this is what we've been waiting for forever. Well, it was to one see. of the possibilities. Like I kind of saw shock coming into it, but like it was up in the air. But it was one of the things I was excited to see. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we, we've been waiting on this match. And again, this is something where analysts in stage one predicted NYXL to take it all. So that's one of those things where it's like, this is the showdown foretold by the prophecy. And, I lost um, that one there, but you know what I mean. <clears throat> yeah, and this was just a series of brutal knockout punches. Mm -hmm. Like, New York put up a fight in some places, but the outcome was never in doubt. New York has yet to have its Captain America glow up when it comes to uh, facing the Vancouver Titans. Well, the other thing is that they... NYXL does exceptionally well until it matters. Yeah. So it'll be, is it stage three or stage four where these two face each other in regular play? Because it's four. not, <laughs> I love that you know that. Yeah, no, because I remember because I was like, oh, we have to wait forever. Yeah. So it's, it's not for a chunk of time. Yeah. And I wonder if it being in regular play will make a difference because, again, NYXL and stage finals are mm. a varied performance yeah kind of a uh, an on again off again relationship and off again and off again and off again oh we're back on mm -hmm. uh which is a cruel thing to say coming from a valiant fan but i call them like i see them regardless of whose well, colors they are i was gonna say about you can make fun of them for being off and on and off and off and off and on and whatever but um speaking just of percentage on versus off i know Oh, I am well aware. <laughs> it it would be one thing if I were st if I had my head in the sand, but yeah. we're not going to ostrich this up. When your no. team is not doing well, you own it because yeah. that's all you can do, mm -hmm. and you encourage them and you do your best. And then when they start doing better again, you can get super happy because you were never in denial about the relative skill level. You can mm -hmm. hope, but there's hope, and there's the ostrich maneuver. Don't do the ostrich maneuver. Nope. But uh, in saying they did super well, you've given me a segue to hop on. Which hey! is super leading the San Francisco Shock to deliver the first defeat in Vancouver Titans Overwatch League career. 
in the stage finals, the rematch from stage one, the third time these teams have clashed. San Francisco Shock takes a 4-2 victory over the Vancouver Titans. We were both in the arena at the yes. time watching this. Yeah. We, we'd managed to procure tickets. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting next to Alex, I believe mm-hmm. it was, and going, on one hand, I really want the parallelism of going to a map seven, but the shock winning this time. On the other hand, I want them to just take this and be done with it. Like Mm -hmm. I want them to clinch it. Mm -hmm. And they did like Overwatch League is an anime. Yeah, for sure. It is. And honestly, it's even more interesting because on a micro level, they fixed a lot of the issues that they had. Like, for one, like, one of the, the key things that happened last time was Super was able to sort of edge out Bumper, but his team couldn't follow up on it. There were a bunch of times where he lands big shatters, but nothing happens yeah. to follow it up. And in this case, Super was still able to regularly, not consistently, but often enough, um, get the better of Bumper in the tank duel. And it, you know, it mattered this time. Sinatra... Mr. 150K looking like Mr. 350K with how he was performing today, or today, that day. I'm just so you used know to what here. we mean. You know what we yeah. mean. It's fine. Um, he, like, the last time, like, he was definitely outperforming Soyman Sue, but the, the margin was very, very slim. This time, Sinatra was just head and shoulders above in this fight. Um, likewise... Violet, the last time they played, Violet had a lot of questionable trance timings, and Twilight was getting more value, as well as out-damaging him. This time, he was on fire. He put out tons of damage, got his ult more often than Twilight, and there were still some questionable ones, but overall he used it significantly better. And it was Twilight this time who had like a couple moments where it was questionable. Like, I remember watching this as he would use his trance a couple times, like, either too late to save a teammate, or he uses it in time to save his teammates, but Sinatra's building up grabs so fucking fast that the second it's over, they just get grabbed and they have no defense for it. Yeah. And there are times where maybe Slime's beat would have been the better tool, but they misused it. And Vancouver made other mistakes as well. There were times where they overcommitted on ultimates when a fight was kind of already lost and they just couldn't capitalize in the way that they did and part of that is i think they were a little more tentative than they have been in the past they're not used to being put on the back foot by someone more aggressive than them honestly they just didn't even play as aggressively as normal i don't even think it's necessarily san francisco just driving them onto the back foot so hard they didn't take that aggressive posture that they normally did like in the first finals they were definitely playing a little less just balls out aggressive than they normally do and i think this time they did as well um and shock took that inch and got miles out of it you think that uh nyxl is contagious no i just think that vancouver titans gives the shock and i know that this sound toxic it sounds toxic, but I, I think you'll know what I mean. They give them too much respect. 
Mm, like where, deference. yeah. Whereas, like they play a little too cautiously because they know what these guys can do. Yeah, and I that's think that's when it becomes a head game, and that's yeah. such a big part of this. Yeah, and I think that that kind of you know hurt them in this. They played a little sloppier. The the uh, key players of the shock were playing out of their minds, and San Francisco just overall just played a much tighter game. They didn't have those dangling ultimates that they had in the Stage 1 finals that they would commit and then get nothing for them. Yeah. When they put stuff in, generally speaking, they won off the back of it. Yeah, they... Oh, brain. <laughs> this was like two weeks ago. Yeah, no, this was such a good, good match. And I'm trying to remember, like, the two moments that stick out to me, and I think these were both in this one, correct me if I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. I feel like at one point we had people down and Bumper was going to charge and finish it and mm -hmm. super charged into him instead mm -hmm. and basically forced that yeah. double Reinhardt fall, mm -hmm. which is a hysterical mechanic that I love and also really well played. It's also a really important thing to, like, master in terms of, like, yeah. Reinhardt tech. That's the perfect angle. That's the perfect timing. Mm -hmm. And then I think at some point someone yeeted a grab under the last point of King's Row. Yeah, it was King's Row. Soyman Sue. Yeah, just hit, a little teeny hole. this little gap in the floor that I didn't know existed. You don't know it's there until you accidentally yeet a grab through it and get nothing. And they would have won off of that if that had Yeah. Landed. Like, it's one of those things where... It, again, comes down to a very thin margin of who's winning these. And, like, the defense on uh, Blizzard World as well for the Shock uh, on, point, on point B, like, right at the end, is one of the most clutch moments in uh, Overwatch oh, League today. Yeah. Like, it came down to who was making the, uh, you know, bigger mistakes and whose risks were paying off. And this time around, it was the shock. And I tell you, I'm really excited to see the next time these teams face off. Because right now, we're sitting at two wins for the Titans to one for the shock in terms of their you know head-to-head -head history. This rivalry, I feel like, is going to be the definitive one for this entire season. I'm wondering when they're going to face off again and if it'll be regular season or mm -hmm. if it's going to be stage three playoffs. Now I'm going to uh, go to the Overwatch We're Google this noise website and, check it and out. look at the, yeah. the schedule. Because now we need to know. Like, yeah. You know what? I will grab that while we continue on with our talking points. Um, honestly, I've said all that I really want to say because I wanted to avoid this becoming another two-hour episode by going in-depth, map-by-map, fight-by-fight, like I did the last time. But okay. just watch this match, see how Overwatch is played at the very highest level. And I'm not saying, like, go look at this and, you know, because you can instantly look at this and be better, but if you look at it and look at it analytically, there is so much you can learn about the game and how it's played by watching these teams and thinking about, okay, why do they do what they do in this scenario? This game was awesome. And so far the two finals with these teams have been the absolutely electric. They They've have been, been wild. They have been barn burners and they have also been incredibly 
just well-played matches. Like, this is showing the, the best teams in the world at the composition that they are the best in the world at going at it. And there is so much you can learn about how to play these heroes from watching these guys. And I continue to wonder what will happen once GOATS is no longer the meta. Yeah. But I also don't know if that will happen by the time we hit the end of this season. Honestly, it could happen. I think that they need to nerf Brigida a little bit to make that work. Uh, just because some of her abilities are the things that really enable that to be so strong. Like yeah. her passive healing, the armor generation, like the sustain that she helps give on top of the, the others. All right, and she, yeah. I don't know. There's no way to perfectly balance this game. Not when we're continually adding more maps, more mechanics, mm -hmm. bringing in new characters. Yeah. I know we just got Batiste, but um, I need Sojourn now. Mm -hmm. So please bring in Sojourn now. <laughs> and that will also throw the balance of the game. Yeah. Like, Brigitte broke dive. Yeah. So I'm still kind of waiting to see if there will be a hero that is able to break goats to that extent. And I don't know if that's possible, but I think we've started to see... Batiste not necessarily edging it out, but definitely get, giving us some flavor in the compositions. Oh, yeah. With with Batiste, um, you really enable some bunker comps. Mm -hmm. uh, and you'll see that on maps like Paris. And not all the teams will play those bunker comps. Um, but, like, it's given us another option that people have and people will utilize. And um, I feel like that makes GOATS a little easier to watch. Because just stage one, given the map pool that mm -hmm. we had... It was the same, and sometimes you got Sombra. And then stage two, adding Paris and, as much as I don't like it, Junkertown. I don't like playing on Junkertown. It's fun to watch. Adding those to the map pool, where they allow for, and in the case of Junkertown, pretty much beg for mm. different competi uh, competition. Composition. compositions. Thank you. Oh, it's been a long day. I love you guys. When they're basically begging for different compositions... Mm when it's not all goats all the time, mm -hmm. I think has made this season a lot easier and a lot more fun, more this season, this stage, mm -hmm. a lot easier and a lot more fun to watch. Because a lot of the issue with goats in terms from just a spectator standpoint is the lack of variety. Yeah. And we've talked about this. If you're not in it enough to be able to pick up on those mm -hmm. microplays and really enjoy the details, it's the same six on six ad nauseum. Mm -hmm. So adding Batiste, using Sombra, rolling out Doomfist occasionally when you're trying to hold a point, having these mm -hmm. different well, compositions... That even, well, that happened maps. even with Goats. You swap to Stellar oh, yeah. Heroes if you're... You yeah, know. yeah. But it's it's still... It's nice to see some variety. Yeah. And I think we're at least leaning into that, even if we're not... I doubt that we're going to break Goats this stage. I hope uh, they this haven't, season, but they, I don't think this stage. They, they haven't made any patches that would really change things no. and there's like on ladder and in contenders europe there's like people that are playing bunker comp more often and like there's some theory crafting that that might kind of be the next one based on how things are going but i i have my doubts yeah i just i would love to see a stage where it's just the wild west for a mm. little bit yeah. Because even people breaking out dive again was so exciting. Mm -hmm. Even though it didn't last long. It was exciting. Yeah. All right. Well, before we move on to 
literally everything else because we have two weeks of madness to talk about and it has been madness. I'm going to give you a word from our sponsors. On the Point is sponsored by Fred's BS, Breads and Spreads by Fred. Fred's BS is an LA local one-man baked goods business that offers unique flavors in small batches. Whether you're looking for homemade jams, brownies, blondies, or brown sugar buddies, the best cookies you've ever had, Fred's BS can provide. All products are made in small batches with fresh ingredients, nothing is ever frozen, and Fred provides a plethora of flavors that can't be found in stores, like the aforementioned brown sugar buddies or his strawberry peach paradise sunrise jam. Also, if you're LA local, you can choose pickup instead of delivery and get your goods even sooner. Head to fredsbs.com and use coupon code on the point for 20% off your entire order. That's fredsbs.com, F-R-E-D-S-B-S.com, and coupon code on the point. Fred's BS, treat yourself because you deserve it. Father's Day is coming up, you guys. Mm. Get a BS box for your dad. It's full of cookies and brownies and jam. Or just yeah. get one for you or for the father figure in your life or also for you. Cookies are good, is what I'm saying. She's right, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Search your feelings. You know it to be true. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about All-Stars. I had a lot more fun with it this time around than I did in the, uh, the last season. I think our arcade was better, and I think our Widowmaker matchups were better. And I think what made the Widowmaker mm -hmm. matchups better wasn't the competitors, it's but the fact that map. people yeah. stuck around on the stage to watch. Like, I I think that we, I hesitate to say, I think we could have chosen better people because that's some bullshit. I think we could have chosen different people known for Widowmaker. Where was Soon? Where was Surefor? Where was Bacon Jack? There, yeah, where was Linkser? I genuinely think that, like, they had a lot of really good people in there. I wanted to see more because there are so many people that got left out of this that deserve uh, a chance to compete in it. And I still had a lot of fun watching it. I was just kind of underwhelmed that it was just these guys, despite how good they are and how you... I can't argue with the inclusion of a single one of them, really, because they're them, but... as eh, the mains. True, <laughs> but a lot of... But, like, Jonak does play Widow on stream. It's fucking nasty. Um, yeah, it's just, for me, it was underwhelming. I, I want to get the negatives out of the way first. Yeah, Just in terms of pretty much the whole All-Stars, I had issue with some of the lack of variety. And I realize that that's what happens when you have some teams that are more popular than others and you pick your starters mm -hmm. with popular vote. So it evened out a little bit when um, the subs were, when the second line, what mm -hmm. were they called? They were the subs, right? Yeah. When the subs were chosen, and those were chosen by coaches and whatnot. Yeah. So I think that helps even it out a little, but correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like we had a little bit more variety just in terms of number of teams represented in the starters last year. Um, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, honestly. Um, it's entirely possible, but... Yeah, I um, there there are a lot of people who I feel like deserved a little more love this weekend than they got. Though yeah. I definitely cannot complain about the people who are there. Yeah, it's just obviously we need to make that we we either need to make this three nights or we need to add another event and add it on the same night as the game. Because I have the option of going on one night or the other, and I chose the night with the batshit insanity. I chose yeah. the night with the talent takedown, the widowmaker, and the arcade. Mm -hmm. 
because that's where all the fun is. As yeah. good as the game can be, the ridiculous stuff that they do to accompany it is even better. Yeah, and honestly, like, I will say last time around, the All-Star game was such a disappointment for me personally because it's like, and I think a lot of people echo the sentiment of like, it's, oh, you're not even fucking trying. Like, okay, the All-Star game in anything has never actually mattered. No. It's always been just a fun little, like, thing for people to, you know, just, like, it's seeing the Avengers line up, like, on screen. Yeah. You know, it's just, oh, cool, I get to, it's a little fantasy come true thing, basically. I mean, I know for meat sports, physical sports, a lot of times, yeah, that's what we've been calling it, it's a thing. A lot of times athletes don't take all-stars as seriously or try as hard because they don't want to run the same risk of getting injured that they do in regular season or playoff games. That I understand. This is just kind of fucking around. I also don't know why they put it on Wednesday and Thursday instead of on a weekend again. Yeah, I don't get that. That, to me, was really weird. Made Made the arena very empty. I wonder if that didn't cut their ticket sales. And I also remember last year, we didn't do tickets to the arena. We went to the Valiant through a watch party for the game yeah. itself at Guildhall. We were, we were just, getting drunk. It was great. Yeah. It was great. I got to hug Gaguri. She is wonderful. Yes. I love my frog queen. Yes. I still have that picture of my friend in her Custa jersey next to Custa in his Custa jersey. Yeah. It's great. But yeah, so there's... There were aspects of it that I still think can very much be improved upon the voting system, the eligibility, the uh, the timing. And again, I think it would be great if they added another event to be on the same day as game day, mm-hmm. because otherwise you have one day where it's like five hours worth of stuff and one day where it's two. Mm-hmm. So which one's going to be your money's worth? Mm-hmm. That said, holy shit, I had fun. Yes, it was a lot of fun. All the, like, weird arcade modes were great. And I love, like, I love that Widow 1v1, the arcade rounds, and the All-Star game itself were all, like, genuinely really wholesome, and everyone was just here having a good time, and that atmosphere shone through. And then the talent takedown was fucking toxic waste in the best way. They were talking all the shit in the world. I just, put your pants on was a phrase I wasn't expecting to hear in the Blizzard arena. Mm. And yet there we are with a banana hammock and I just, no thank you. We also weren't Thank expect- God for leggings. We also weren't expecting to see Bren uh, go widow one of you one against Gesture, which, oh my because God. Because he's crazy and I let, that to me was the best part of the match. I did a shot of Jaeger for every time uh, Bren got a kill. So two shots. Yes, I didn't get much out of that. I have to wonder if if any of this was planned. Like if this particular, mm-hmm. excuse me, halftime one-on-one match, if this was part of the plan or if Bren was just flexing on Twitter and then gesture being a well, shit they, wrote back, sure, well, I'm in. Well, he also said it on Watchpoint or like on one of the yeah, desk yeah. segments. And I think that they're like, okay, we will add this in right the fuck now because we got the time. We're not like yeah. on any network's time slot. We can just do if do it if we want. You're here, like. And that to me was 
the best part of it because mm. as much as I appreciate watching an Overwatch League game, and I do, especially since they were running shit that wasn't goats, like I tweeted Overwatch All Stars, also known as I can't believe it's not goats. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you I know where I stand. I know. I'm you just, know I'm, where I stand. I know, but I hear it from so many people so frequently that I can't not be like, Ugh! It's almost like it's a popular opinion. Yeah, I know. I'm just sick of fucking hearing about it. <sighs> anyway, it was it was a fun game to watch, but I it really was. do think that Brenji getting utterly wrecked I will during halftime. Just I'm, did my little heart good. I'm also genuinely... Like but that yeah. was fun. I'm also genuinely disappointed they missed uh, a pun opportunity because they called the Brito Maker... Instead of the Brito maker, because he's English. Mm, yep. They just opportunity missed. Yeah, a little bit. I did. I I do think that the Widowmaker one v one, which again, this this is an event that can go on for a chunk of time. It is, yeah. I want to say, the longest part of All Stars. Is just seemed like it. The uh, just in terms of time. And again, what made it better was people sticking around on stage, and then it became this one person would win. The entirety of NYXL would shuffle to the other side of the stage to watch the map. Yeah. Like, that was fun. Watching Super and Space clinging to each other was hysterical. I have probably 10 pictures of them just clinging to each other and hands on their faces and hands over their hearts and just like, oh my God, you guys. AKA the Team USA frontline for this year at the World Cup. Yeah, get get a cheering section that looks at you like a super in space look yeah. at their teammates. Also, I love that, I forget if it was Atlantic or Pacific, but there was one team the entire time through all the games that was obviously trying to win while the other was just trying to have fun. Like, they put in people on their roles. Was it Pacific that kept doing that? Or? Atlantic had actually done preparation. Yeah. Pacific that, yeah. had not. Yeah. Specifically, yeah. their coaches said that. Atlantic was like, we prepped. And Pacific was like, we're here to have fun. And I'm like, you guys, you guys, most of my guys are on Pacific. What are you doing? I will say, just in terms of merch, the Atlantic jerseys are beautiful. The Pacific jerseys would be so much better if they had chosen a different shade of yellow or possibly gone with, like, green? Also, just have these guys make jerseys from here on. Well, yes, obviously. But I'm a little sad that they aren't selling blank jerseys. Yeah. Because I would pony up for a blank Atlantic jersey in a hot second. Mm-hmm. But the only one that I would buy as it is would be Dante's because he's the only one of my people on one of my teams yeah. in the Atlantic division, everyone else is Pacific and I do not look good in that shade of yellow, <laughs> specifically that shade of yellow. I don't look Yikes. good in any shade of yellow. It's goldenrod hell. It's not good. Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think the skins were beautiful this year, but I really think that just the specific color palette that they chose for the Pacific jerseys was not good. Love the design. Love the integration of the team logos onto the jerseys. And the quality. And the quality, yeah. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Just kind of sad that they aren't selling blank jerseys. Kind of sad that they won't sell the talent takedown jerseys. Yeah. I would buy I would a Soe jersey so quickly. Mm -hmm. Just like, I would like to wear this all the time. She's She has life goals. Yeah. She has goals. Yeah. So, yeah. Talent Takedown was fun. I loved the arcade. I thought yes. these were great arcade modes. Oh, God, yeah. 
Sibling rivalry was wonderful. All support was the salty support I needed in my life, including all of the dog man feeding jokes I could have ever wanted. Oh, God. Because so dog man and Cruz were on the same team. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, I can't, I can't not. I feel bad for Cruz because I think a lot of his identity in the league has been defined by dog man standing up and yeah. being dog man. And I feel like that's a hard thing for him to get away from. You know, yeah. you, I don't think your, he your actually yeah. is a meme. I don't think he actually cares all that much, but Yeah. <laughs> I, I just I just feel bad for him. No, I I'll I'll, yeah. I'll be with you on that. He he's taken it in stride though. Yeah. Speaking of uh, things at the Overwatch League All-Star Weekend. Uh, oh, I wanted to talk about all the Cree before we move oh, on. Oh, do it. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was just the fact that at one point, all both teams, all 12 members, all had their ults available at the same time. It's just like, it is the highest of noons. You put some yee in my haw. I could keep going on. But this was the mode that I was looking forward to the most, and I was not disappointed. I'm, disappoint I'm disappointed about one thing. What thing? Uh, that Mercer didn't show up in the Greek cosplay, because he would have. And I know that, like, someone uh, tweeted about it, and he was like, damn it! Like... <laughs> <laughs> my understanding is that Aside from specific times, talent doesn't often come to the arena. Oh, yeah, that is that from my interactions with some of them, that seems to yeah, be the case. Yeah. So, this just seemed know. like it would have I been would have loved to have seen him it. there, but I also yeah. think that would have been m more chaos. And I'm not sure the arena could have handled more chaos. I mean, I would have loved it. I think the arena would have just melted down. I mean, it was about 300 under capacity, I think it could have survived. Yeah, but the, the people who were there, not only was it the all-stars for the players, yeah. it was the all-stars for the fans. Like, everyone who you see who is all of the quote-unquote paid fans with multiple jerseys and, the, you know, the ones that Twitch chat doesn't really seem to understand that we like things. I wasn't there. You're not a paid fan. I've been called it. Really? Yes. Wow. Because I'm in hype packages for both the Fuel and the Titans. Ah, See, I've been called it once, but then I got to make the joke about, like, everyone else in L.A., I'm paid in exposure. So, <laughs> but it, for the most part, it was kind of a who's who for the fandom as well. Yeah. So I think dropping Mercer into that, like, we may have been multiple hundreds of seat under capacity, but the <laughs> quality, not quantity, the sheer volume of hype that we were carrying just in general, I think would have gone slightly nuclear. Ah, fuck it. Go for it. Yes. It falls out. Speaking of hype, the uh, we had fun, and so did Upper Deck, because mm -hmm. they are making Overwatch League trading cards, and they decided to do a brief pre-release at All-Stars mm -hmm. on both nights. So walking in, you'd go through security, and they'd hand you a pack of cards, and they had every card in a binder. And then they also had a bunch of cards scattered on the table. So, like, open up your pack, see what you got, and uh, you can trade them out if you want. Well, about halfway through the night, a bunch of us made our way back outside to be like, well, I wonder if there are any ones we can trade for. And they just started letting us open more packs. So I walked away with probably 30 cards when a normal pack has three because I have a problem. Yeah. I do, but it's great. I have so many Outlaws and Valiant cards, and I have a holographic Gaggery because life is great. 
I was doing it with Reba, and Reba had the best luck in Ooh. terms of opening packs. She had like four different foil cards by the time we were mm. done, and I'm just like, how? That motherfucker, like the magic booster draft that just kills the curve. Yeah. <laughs> she was she was good, though. It got to the point of like, Reba, I'm looking for this card. You pick the next pack to open. Okay, uh, how about this one? Um, and it only worked for her. Never worked for anyone else. <laughs> but it, Reba, Reba is a lovely human mm. being, and I adore her. But I got to talking with the Upper Deck people, and they were very excited to hear about On the Point, and they wanted to provide some cards for you, because yeah. you were not able to be there, and they wanted you to have the uh, the opening the packs experience, mm -hmm. especially since I spent a chunk of time going, does anyone have a Fraggy? Yeah. I need a Fraggy for my friend. Yeah, yeah. Finally got one. Yes, yes. I'm happy. Uh, so we have pre-opened these packs, but not gone through them. Yes, I have. I have seen the one on top of the pile. Uh, we just wanted to avoid the. Yeah, cellophane is hell on the microphone. So yeah. I think we are going to do probably a high-speed pass mm -hmm. with pauses for Glee. Yeah. Okay. So first off, Baby Bay. And these are all season yeah. one cards. So there are some players who are no longer in the league, and Mike there are some swoosh. players on different teams. I get swoosh. Yeah. Which makes me happy because a friend and I, um, friend of mine and I were crashing uh, at my old apartment, and we were watching uh, Mind Hunter, and I was momentarily taken aback in a moment of like liquor induced why, because <laughs> the guy playing Ed Kemper looks a tremendous amount like Swoosh. And so we've taken to calling Swoosh Red Kemper. No. And just periodically we were like, how's Red Kemper doing? And um, yay, I got a Swoosh card. You got a Swoosh. It's amazingly appropriate. King's Row, my favorite map and a shiny foil card. Up next, I got the Valiant uh, team checklist card. Dibs. There you go. We had a deal. I was the card mule. I get all the Valiant cards. Season 1 highlights. Houston owns Dallas once again in Stage 4. Get this out of my house. <laughs> uh, Gambler. That's really fucking cool. Especially now that he's retired. Well, yeah. There, there's a number of people here who are retired. Yeah. Note, back when he was on Boston, Oasis on Control. Hey! Oh. Atlantic All-Star Mooma. Oh, oh, you've got a foil Mooma. Yes, I want it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I feel like it'd be inappropriate for me to keep it, considering how often I'm like, he's overrated. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like that'd just be a dick move. And you I should don't just, deserve it. Yeah, I should just give it someone to depreciate. Up next, Hydration, Wetness himself. <laughs> Route 66. You're going to have all the locations by the time Toby. we're done. Yeah. Uh, Zushu. Or Zusha. Zusha, I'm not sure. Hanamura. You are going to wind up with all the map cards by the time yeah. we're done. Poco! Pretty fucking rad. Custa on Dibs. the volume. There you go. Dibs. Dibs. Mooma <laughs> leads Outlaws to win over Fusion. There you go. <laughs> Spitfire becomes Stage 1 Champs. Yeah. Because they've, they've got player-specific cards, mm -hmm. they've got map cards, they've got team cards, and yeah. then they have moments. Um... Houston gets off to a 2-0 start in Stage 4. Why is that a highlight? I don't know. I think it's just a really good picture. It's a honestly. good picture, but like... I think part of it is we've got some good pictures of the guys. Yeah. I don't know who chose these. I know, but there's got to be a better moment that you could attribute that to. Because who the fuck is going to know? I, I have no idea. I don't think the person who made the card knows when this picture was taken, probably. But, I mean, it's upper deck. They were probably given assets. 
True. at given moments and just like um, catch them up, do these things. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, super! Hell oh, yeah! Outlaw, fuck off! <laughs> Outlaws top, AKM, comma Dallas once again. Yeah, how's that looking for you recently? Hey, be nice. Chips high in, which is both happy and sad because yay, OG envy, make him happy. But also, he fucking vanished in the snap. Yeah, we don't know where Chips is. He literally hasn't posted anything on Twitter or, to my knowledge, streamed since the end, since like the group stages of World Cup last year. That's worrying. Yeah, I think he's pretty done. His, yeah. his Twitter bio, despite the fact that he hasn't posted anything, still says, looking for team OWR oh, contenders. Yeah. Uh, Wakid. Fisher. Who's I'm, better than Fisher? A number of people at this point. Yeah, I'm getting all the main tanks as well. You are. Linkser. This one I almost want to keep because I love Linkser. Do it. Yeah. We made a deal and that was not included in the deal. Fuel no match for EQO led future. Come on. <laughs> oh, Can't no. even give you the one where we beat them. Oh no. Silk thread. I got a shock card. You did get a shock Pretty card. Pretty rad. Temple of Anubis. Clockwork. Hey. And yeah, those are the packs that I have opened. I have a bunch more cards now. Yeah. I, Including a shiny Mo. Seriously, this is so pretty. I'm just glad that I have Fraggy, OG, and Super. Like, I've got all my favorite tanks that played in uh, Season 1. Oh. And Fisher. No, oh, you're welcome. Well, I didn't and get also... Coco, which is actually making me sad now, but... I mean, at this point, I'm sure there was an Overwatch League trading racket on Twitter. You could probably just yeah. go on getting the hashtag and be like, hey guys, I'm looking for this and I have these. Who wants to trade? Yeah. But, I gotta yeah. take a picture of this to send to that friend. Um, but yeah, thank you, Upper Deck, for providing yeah, these. Yeah, thank are you. Nice. This was rad as hell, and I'm actually kind of giddy about this. And, I'm, mm. and for these, because they also come with a little like advertisement card, Yeah. there is a QR code on the back. You go there, it sends you to a fun place, and you can register an All-Star card. Hmm. And it gives you basically cards of the All-Star skins. And these are going to drop June 2019. Like, the full cool. run is dropping, well, next week, essentially. Or week after next. That's pretty rad. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you, Upper Deck. These are a lot of fun. And I realize that was a very visual sort of thing mm. to have on an audio-only podcast. But, um... Seriously, it, just, it's our show. Yeah. And I mean, search for them on Twitter. There's there's all sorts of people. <laughs> Scroll the Twitter hashtag back to the All-Stars hashtag, and you will see people posting in there going, I have this, I'm looking for this, find me. Speaking that's, of how I finally, that's how I finally met Miss Liz. Hey! She was looking for soon. Speaking of having this and looking for this, trades. Yes! Valiant and Florida have uh, made a trade. And it is fate going to Florida in exchange for Fact Fiction, McGravy, and Shax. I'm okay with this. I know there's... Honestly, been... Valiant kind of made out like bandits. Oh, yeah. Um, for Florida, you're not really losing anything that affects your main roster. Because they cut everyone. Well, yeah. Um, so you've basically given up nothing that matters to you. And gotten Fate, which one of the, the pretty much the, the consensus on the Florida Mayhem's current lineup is that their biggest weakness is on uh, main tank. Um, 
herbal on main tank and off tank. And yeah. picking up fate, you've got a steady hand who is a proven commodity that, like, people have always kind of jokingly said that um, the Mayhem uh, have kind of kicked out their roster for budget Koreans. Oh. Because they haven't gone after a lot of top-tier talent with exceptions of people like, you know, Hagapun and Saya Player. That's still an awful thing to say, though. It's, it is, Gee. but it's also just like, a lot of the players they've picked up are people you wouldn't put in the top five or ten for that role. But that was also the case. The that was also the case for Justice, though, wasn't it? Their starting lineup. Well, some of them, yes. Some of them made sense. Some of them didn't. But at the same time, look at the result that's given. Yeah. The 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 uh, the results haven't exactly disproven the statement, however toxic that it is. Um. But yeah, I think Fact Fiction is a good pickup for uh, Valiant as well. Oh, yeah. He is, a again, a proven commodity. He played briefly for the Outlaws last season. He was the main tank for FaZe Clan uh, pre-Overwatch League, which is a team where we initially got the Stage 1 DPS duo of Carpe and Shadowburn, mm -hmm. um, as well as uh, a few other players who I don't think are still amongst the Overwatch League. But he was the main tank for the 2017 uh, U.S. World Cup team. He's really good. And I think that yeah. having him on the roster might, you know, be a shakeup that could change things for the better. If they, like, if provided he can get in step with the team the way that Fate continuously kind of needs to be reminded of. Because there are a yeah. bunch of times where games will go on and he'll start off kind of like, out of step with the rest of the team, and then after halftime, he'll sort of be back in it and make the adjustments. But, you know, the, he was always starting out of step. Yeah, I, I saw a lot of criticism when this trade went down. Like, Fate is a really good tank. He's a really He's good asset. Good. Why would you trade him? And he hasn't been syncing well with the team at all this stage. It's The analysis has been, well, he's a good tank, but he hasn't been a good Valiant Ghost tank. He's been singled out and wiped out a lot, which yeah. is something you really don't want for your main tank. So it, it makes sense because on one hand, like if the if or when the meta changes, then yeah, he might be an incredible asset in that meta, mm -hmm. but you have to make it to that point. Yeah. The long game doesn't matter if you can't get past the short game. And so you have to think in equal terms for both. Mm -hmm. And this is very much a short game maneuver but they need that in order to be able to make it to the long game. Because mm. there's still that conversation about season playoffs mm. and how Valiant needs to win most of their matches. Over 70%. Yeah, in order to even, qualify. To even be in contention to qualify. So at this point, it is short game moves mm -hmm. because you really have to step it up for the long game or the mm. long game might be lost at this point. Yeah. But it, it makes sense to me. I'm mm -hmm. sad to see him go, but I'm I've been a fan of fact ever since I interviewed him last year. Mm -hmm. He is a good human and I yeah, quite great. like him. McGravy, I, I followed all three of them on social when it was announced yeah. and said, you know, hi, well, like I like I like all three of these guys and I think they've all got a really big upside and I think that they can do a lot for this team. Um I will say McGravy and Shax. Is a little bit odd considering McGravy's an off tank, um, known mostly for Diva in that role. He can do Zarya, he can do Roadhog, but mostly Diva. 
And so, like, is he kind of going to be competing with space for that spot? And Shax is mostly, at least in GOAT, known for playing Zarya. And that leaves you with Agilities on the Brigida, which, as we've talked about, has been kind Still of an issue. one of the uh, weaknesses for this team. Love you, Brady, but it's it's true. Brigida um, does not play like a DPS character, yeah. and when you are accustomed to playing like DPS, that's why we had so many issues with Kuki on Lucio. Yeah. Lucio does not play like a tank. You can't mm -hmm. think like a tank. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I'm wondering if they weren't part of a package deal. If it wasn't I mean, an it all like or nothing for this. If Florida wanted to offload the contracts now that they knew that they weren't going to be playing them. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to make that sound like it's a slight on any of their talents because it's not. It just They're all me, really good and they deserve to be here. Oh, yeah. For me, that just seems to be the the explanation that makes the most sense. For me, that's the Occam's razor of all of this. Yeah. Was this being a package deal? Yeah, it makes sense, and I can see why that Valiant might want all of them. Um, and honestly, I think this will help this team out a lot in the stage to come. There's one more Florida pickup that I forgot to put in the notes, but I remember it, which is they have picked up Byram. Who is Byram? Byram um, was pretty much here's the here here's the here's the deal. He is a flex support player, again, you know, Ana Zenyatta, yeah, Moira, yeah. Uh, who was known for playing on a Korean team called Blossom. And Blossom is the same org. Basically, it's a rebranded version of GC Busan. Oh. So it was the same org that, um, the same parent org that we have the London Spitfires initial roster coming out of. Um, as well as the uh, other Korean team, GC Busan Wave. Um, but here's the thing about Byram. He was on Blossom very briefly. You want to guess why? I don't think I do. Was it because game or was it because social? Boosting. Oh, no. So... Ooh. For those of you not aware, and I would imagine there aren't many of you who aren't aware, but you know, we have we talked just, about it. We, it's been a chunk of time. Oh, yeah, no, I'm just saying. I just want to make sure. I'm not saying don't. I'm just yeah. saying that, you know. Yeah. And it's, it's been a chunk of time since the last time we talked about someone who had issues with boosting. And it is basically getting paid to play on a lower ranking player's account and attempt to boost them up through comp. Mm -hmm. So it's. It's getting your older brother who's better at video games to beat the boss for you, mm -hmm. basically. Yeah. And it's it's not something that's a huge deal in the American scene. I mean, it's scene. viewed like, with this taste, of course, but it's not in, viewed as like a this ruins the game problem. However, in Korea, this will fuck up everything. Yeah, if you get caught boosting in Korea, you are pretty much blackballed. Yeah. Because it's, it's a thing that you shouldn't be doing. It's a thing you can do as a talented player to make money, but it is... It, don't. Just to, yeah. I'm not sure if it's, quote-unquote, against the rules. It is, and that's why a lot of players who yeah, have been caught for boosting in the past have had lengthy suspensions when they are brought into the league. It's why OG had a four-game suspension when he came in, because he did, a, you know I think, a small amount of boosting. Um, it's why I think Ripa had a couple, uh, game suspension. It's why Sato had a 30 game suspension. Oof. 
Well, Sada was apparently like the El Chapo of boosting. But... <laughs> and we brought him in anyway. Yeah, it was one of those things of just like, art. Uh, but number of people that you're paying to sit on the bench. Yeah. So Byram dropped for uh, for boosting from his uh, team, and then later was picked up by NRG Esports, which was yeah. which is the academy team of the San Francisco Shock. Played for them briefly, but this was like about nine months after he got dropped by Blossom, and he played for NRG until recently, and then was picked up by the Mayhem. This is one of the things that is baffling to me for so many reasons and makes me question Bear Hands' sanity even further. Because here's the thing. And we've already been doing that for a bit. Which is one. Out of everyone on the team that is doing, the, you know, in every role, you know who's doing their fucking job and doing it well? Hagapun. Hagapun has been killing it on the flex support role. So you're bringing in another flex support. Why? Yeah. Why in the hell do you feel like replacing the one player on your team that everyone's like, good shit, my dude? Why is that the move? It might be synchronicity, for lack of a better word. We just talked about how fate was noticeably out of step. But Hagapun wasn't. I'm not saying that it makes sense. I'm saying that might be the reason. It, like, some people have said that there is apparently him butting heads with Zephyr, but Hagapun's like, that's not it. Just stop it, because you're making the team environment even more hostile. You're making the team environment hostile by, like, spewing this shit. And basically all I have to say is, Hagapun has been doing his job, bringing in Byram to basically replace him, because Hagapun, like, after that, pretty much said, like, dreams over. Um, was, like, it makes no sense... And it also doesn't make sense from a PR standpoint, because here's the thing. Florida has effectively alienated fans from every region, mm -hmm. which is they they alienate the Korean fans because they keep hiring known boosters. They alienate the U.S. fans because they dumped every every English well, no, no, no. person. They, from... they alienated EU by doing that, by dropping. Uh, they were the only team with a full European roster coming into it. That's true. Um. So they alienate the EU fans by cutting all the EU players, and then they alienate NA by being a garbage fire for a whole bunch of reasons, like Tvik the bus driver, and then the boosting thing, and just the perception of them not knowing their fucking asses from their elbows. I mean, in terms of NA, they already had a disadvantage there because Florida. Like, Florida <laughs> is a running joke. They have holy shit, this team drank the Kool-Aid. They or rather... I need to specify, yeah. this team's management drank the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Perfectly fine with the players. The players are pretty great. I just, I don't know what's going on. And I say this as a, I'm a Houston fan. Oh, Houston. <laughs> I can still look at this and go, what the fuck is your management doing? Well, Houston's management, Houston's management may or may not exist at this point, considering all the shit going on with Optic. Which is really sad because they're not getting the support they need in terms oh, no, of finances not. and in they're terms not. of people. So leave the fuck off the players, you guys. They're doing the best they can yeah. with, I don't want to call it a handicap, but you know what I mean. They don't have the same it support is. system. It is. It's a I know, handicap. I know, but I've had people tell me that that term is ableist and I'm trying to find them. Then we'll call it an albatross. That's a good one. That's a good one. Thank you for that. 
You're welcome. They're they're doing the best they can with what they have, mm-hmm. and they currently have less than a lot of other teams. Yeah. Um, but Florida. Yeah. Going from, Florida's management is just kind of. <laughs> yeah. Uh, going from less to more, Defiant has called up two players from their academy team, the Montreal Rebellion, in the form of Gods and Sharik. And I legitimately saw Sharik's tweet and read it as Sharky. <laughs> I wish his name was Sharky. I wish his name was Sharky, too! I, th- I, I do think that uh, Sharik, though, is the first Latvian player in the Overwatch League. Really? Yes, he's Latvian. Huzzah! Uh, so, Gods... Off-tank player who has been in the scene for a very long time. It's kind of a, a fixture of the NA scene. Uh, started in Luminosity Gaming. Sort of really made a name for himself on uh, Cloud9's NA roster. Um, then went on to play for Gladiators Legion, Second Wind, and the Montreal Rebellion. Sharik, another similarly long-standing player. Um, really kind of started making a name for himself on a team called United, which is also where we get Boombox. Um, he was on, uh, CIS Hope, which is not, like, CIS is in cisgendered, but CIS is in, um, the, like, con- Confederation of Independent States, like no, the former no, Soviet I, bloc. I figured when you said CIS and not cis. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. I'll, well, a lot of times the casters will shorthand call it cis hope. Uh... Um, and so I wanted to avoid confusion on that. Understood. Uh, then that team was bought out by, uh, an org called Windstrike, and... Later, he played with Gods on Second Wind and the Montreal Rebellion. So these guys now are on the main roster of the Toronto Defiant, and they're really good. Good because the Toronto Defiant kind of needs a kick in the ass right now. Yeah. That's not a good way to say it, mm-hmm. but they just they, they need yeah. something. They need a boost. They need a shock to the system. They need to be yeeted up to the next level. Yeah. They need something. Hopefully um, this is their something. Yeah, I think Sharik can definitely contest with Yakpung for the main tank spot. Like, he Ooh. has that ability. I think that he has a big upside, and with Overwatch League-level coaching and way, the way he's performed in contenders, he can definitely hang. Uh, God's really good on off-tank, has some DPS flex as well, and having him on the D.Va might, like, free up Envy to do, you know, Zarya if they feel like that's a thing, or maybe they'll, you know, bring him to play Zarya. And potentially bringing in a main tank and an off tank who have been playing together for mm-hmm. these past couple yeah, teams. Yeah, can give you a nice bit of frontline synergy. And the only real question in my mind is how are the two English-speaking players going to integrate into an otherwise all-Korean roster and organization? Corey and Sleepy did it. True, but there was also, like, they did it after a fashion. Yeah. Um, so... And Corey and Sleepy were not also, like, playing a, an entire chunk of the team's roles themselves. Like, they're not a tank duo or a support duo. True. Where, like, being Your, able... your tanks are the backbone of your GOAT strategy. Exactly. Okay, well, you know, it's a bye week, and then I actually don't know... They this. have a little time to bring him in and uh, get, uh, get things going for them. And they're starting off against the Paris Eternal. Which should be interesting. And that's their one game this coming week. So it'll they've be, got some time yeah. to prep. It'll be a good tune-up have... match as well. Yeah. Like For Paris, too, I'd say. Yeah, Paris definitely like has some experimentation to do with their roster as it exists to find out like 
what they're doing. But yeah, they've. I, I'd say that Toronto, especially with the bye week and the long weekend mm -hmm. coming up, I'd say they've got some time to prep. They've got some time to yeah. integrate. I think that they, I would imagine they'd make some progress. Toronto yeah. has been one of those weird teams where I feel like they came in and we thought they were going to just blow everyone away well, and mean, they've been middling for a while. Well, I thought they were going to be middling. Then they went five and two in stage one. And I'm like, oh, okay. They're, you know, just genuinely surprising me. And then they went right back to middling to low in um, stage two. So it's hard to kind of pin where they're at in terms uh, qualitatively. And I feel like... A chunk of that is, well, what does their stage schedule look mm -hmm. like? Because, again, we were making cracks last stage about how whoever made the schedule hated Guangzhou because they played Shock twice and uh, Vikings. Thanks. Titans. Wow. <laughs> the longer this episode goes on, mm -hmm. the more you can hear it. Um, yeah, because they played Titans yeah. twice. Is what, like They had two juggernaut teams twice, if I'm remembering that correctly. I don't I think they played be. Vancouver twice. Okay, they did play Vancouver though. Yes. They they basically you have seven you have seven matches. Three of them are against the top tier teams. One of them is against that top. Two of them are against those mm. top tier teams twice. They put them against Shock twice. And like they also hated Guangzhou. They also lost a key player in Stellar. Yeah. And then Ivy was forced. Then they were kind of playing musical chairs with Ivy and I'm thirty seven, and they never really quite seemed to find a place that made everyone happy. Yeah. Like, they didn't find a place that, like, made them look as good as they had. Yeah. But I also think, they've been saying that schedule strength has a lot to do with yes. that. I fully agree with this. And I think it's easier for a schedule to be unbalanced now, where you may or may not be playing a team once or twice or not at all, as opposed to last season, where everyone played everyone once per stage, mm -hmm. as far as I know. And I know last season's schedule was utter hell on the players, and I yeah. would not wish it back. But this season's schedule is hell on statistics. It is. So it's, it's hard, hard to... to gauge, like, well, you went 0-7. Who were you playing? Oh, you played NYXL and the Shock? Well, that's two. Who else were you playing? It's, yeah. it's that sort of thing, mm -hmm. you know? And we talk about the Shock's golden stage. Well, they had a lot of easier teams to beat they had the yeah. outlaws they had the valiants early on in the stage when they were still making more of these changes they had they had teams that were not the top tier they weren't facing yeah. down nyxl or vancouver in regular stage yeah that's not to say that it wasn't impressive because it really really when, was yeah when you get 28 straight map wins but that's also to say that they had better odds of doing it this stage than they will say next stage yeah so that's that's that. Statistics. This is why we leave them to Captain Planet. He knows yes. what he's doing. Uh, speaking of planets, we have players coming from around the world to our neck of the woods in two new visa approvals. You are good at this. Thank you. Yes. Uh, Chengdu Hunter. Chengdu. Chengdu. I've gone so long without fucking that up. The panda people. Yeah, the... Look, I've been calling that team just the crazy people for a while mad lads because of their team yeah. comps, and I still love them, and they're so much fun to watch. Chengdu Hunters, uh, Jakiren, finally has his visa approval and is free to start swimming over. Uh, and Chinese fans have been making yeah. jokes about how it's sad that they will lose such a good swimmer 
because he's been talking about like swimming to America at this point so he could play. Mm-hmm. So they're like, we're going to lose such a strong swimmer. Oh, well. That's why I brought it up. Ours now. Uh, and up next, Trill for Dallas Fuel. His visa has been approved, and he'll uh, be able to join his team in the States in the coming days. It took Jakiran like three months for this to happen, and it took Trill it's, like a week and a half. It's also China versus Australia. Oh, this is true. Yeah. I'm not saying it still isn't a bit shit, but uh, the circumstances between the countries are a bit different, politically speaking. Just a little. Just a little. But it'll yeah. be interesting to see these two players integrate, because Jakiran we've been waiting for a while. Jakiran especially is going to be interesting to me, just because he's a player that is known for doing things that Chengdu has not done. He is a Rhine player. He will enable them, maybe, to add goats to their arsenal a little more um, regularly, because I love Eamon. And that game against the Titans was fucking insanity. Bonkers and beautiful. However, he has never looked anywhere near that good on Reinhardt at any other point. Yeah. Yeah. That was him briefly, like, eating the sensu bean and just, like, fucking just, I don't know. He emerged from the hyperbolic time chamber. Um, it was a mega evolution. It only lasted till the end of battle. Yeah, yeah. It's like the DNA Digivolve. Flavor. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, <laughs> how many how many childhood properties can we hit here? Many, fucking... so many. But yeah, no, it's it was incredible. We haven't seen that level, and I also think it's because the other teams are onto them now, and this is going to oh, yeah. be another shame. And I've said as much multiple times. Oh yeah, no, that was me agreeing with you. Yeah. Yeah, and then Trill has been long-awaited for different reasons. Like, people have been saying, put Trill in Overwatch for a while. In Overwatch League. In Overwatch League. For a while. And Uh, now he's here. I don't know that much about him, but I'm sure you're happy to have him on field. Ah, for sure. Like, he's awesome and has deserved this spot for a very long time. Like, his performance uh, as part of Team Australia really says all that I think I need to. And then if you look at his performance with Team Envious and Contenders this season, like, holy shit, just go watch it. Like, just, oh, just watch Contenders. <laughs> I feel like... I feel many things. I have so many feelings. I feel like Australia gets overlooked because their internet is terrible. Well, like, yeah. a lot. And also, they're... Regarded in the same way that South America is, as just a region that is not competitive in this esport. And I don't think that that's necessarily the case, because they have a lot of talent down there that hasn't been really given a chance to perform at the, you know, on a larger stage outside of a few people. And... Brazil is a powerhouse in some other esports, in like fucking Counter Strike, yeah. like made in Brazil, and their Brazilian talent is one of like the huge like groups in uh, CS:GO as an esport. So people who don't get recruited into the Overwatch League, Australians, South Americans, women. Yeah. Yeah. Although Aussies and. Um, People from South America do seem to have a better batting average because Hydration has dual citizenship and then they have Olemo on um, the 
uh, on the Boston Uprising, despite the fact that they don't play him. And then for Australians... Custa and Nautrell. Well, also, you have Color Hex, who he's from New Zealand, but, you know... Region. Regionally, they're grouped together in most yeah. People's minds. Yeah. In most Americans' minds, we're just kind of like, and down there, well, where I, there's kangaroos, well, also in, we're good at this. Well, also <laughs> in just, like, the regional division for contenders. I'll yeah. In New Zealand, yeah. But, um, but it's these entire regions that get overlooked that... Yeah. Again, I, we get to see them at the World Cup, depending on how their teams play. Yep. But we don't... We're going to see lots of it this year. I know, because everything being done at the World Cup and that 18 years old... We, we, we talked about it's the... It's fucking stupid. We talked about the must-be-18-to-play bit, and... That, that I can kind of get. I still hate having it all at the World Cup. Yeah. Yeah, like, I... I get why they do it, because legal adult in the United States, but I also think it wrecks a lot of people who could otherwise have the opportunity. Yeah, like uh, Patty Pan and Tito Watt from Team Thailand last yeah. year. They were fucking rad, and they're underage as shit. And I mean, hell, Super wasn't eligible to play until late last year, early yeah, this year, right? Late, late last year. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things where it's like, because they're underage, people are getting overlooked. And I'm not saying, like, recruit a 14-year-old. There's a line. But I'm saying, like, 17-year-olds who are close. Well, like, I think, I think Patty Pan was 14. And then... Uh, That's and the point where I'm kind of like, maybe if you've got a solid family life, you should still be living with your family. You yeah. know? I'm thinking of myself as a high school freshman yeah. and going... No, that wouldn't work. Oh, I'm not saying recruit them into the Overwatch League. I'm saying for the World Cup. Yeah. Like that's like a school trip. Yeah, pretty much. And you're supervised. Yeah. You've got people around you. It's actually in a pretty safe area. Anaheim, especially around the convention center, is pretty nice. Yeah. Um. Agreed. And uh, we talked about this a little bit before, but getting into one of our last couple topics. Florida. We come back around yeah. to Florida. Uh, Florida releases their academy roster and staff to, in their words, rejoin contenders in the near future in a way that will synergize with our main team. AKA, we're dropping everyone to build an all-Korean roster that we can use as a more direct feeder system. Most likely, yeah. Which, as much as I don't like that all these players are getting cut en masse, I kind of think that this is a smart decision to like invest the time and resources into players that you want to develop and bring up because in the early stages like when academy teams really started to become a thing there were a lot of players on them that i don't think the main teams ever had any intention of signing like if you look at the initial roster for xl2 um i they, they weren't going to bring on clone men or mangachu not with their roster being entirely Korean and with their yeah. staff being entirely Korean. There was yeah. no way. Um, what I'm thinking for something like this, you have a contenders team. You have an mm -hmm. academy team that has just had a ridiculously good season. They oh, yeah. had a hell of a season. They broke, I believe it was Philly University's 30 yeah, game, Fusion University. Fusion University, 30 game winning streak. Yes. You have a lot of talented, well-known players. Why would you not trade them? Keep them and trade them. Do you know how many people would want Mangachu at this point? 
you could trade him for someone better for your academy team or for your team team. Yeah. And instead, it's just like, bye, Felicia. Hell, his mom tweeted, not again. It's which one, is kind of sad. It's one of those things where I feel like anyone they would try to trade with is not interested in picking up Western players because mm. they're farming talent from Korean contenders, basically. Yeah, this is true. Uh, so in my mind, that was never going to happen. And I still think it's kind of shit that they're just all kind of left in the lurch. But for Florida, this maybe is a smarter move, even if I don't like it and it makes me continue to like the team a little bit less. Florida's tradition this stage has been smart moves executed poorly. It's it's high intelligence, mm-hmm. low charisma. High intelligence, basically. low wisdom. Both. Um, how, however, another team has done this and hasn't gotten the same backlash, which is San Francisco Shock. Energy Esports has released their previous roster to build a new one under the more direct supervision and guidance of Krusty. What was Energy Esports' season like? Let's take a look. Because, because it's definitely like... I, I think a big part of this... Part of this, I want to say, was because Florida already had that really contentious, we're releasing all of our English-speaking players, and we're not even going to name them in the press release. Like, they already flubbed this once, and they were already kind of in the spotlight, and their contenders team had just done incredibly well. Yeah. That would be like if the Titans, after, you know, having some great seasons, were like, Actually, we're going to release everyone and rebuild. Like, mm. why the fuck would you do that? You're doing a great job. So that's, I think that's kind of what is going on here. Yeah. There's already negative attention on Florida because of how they handled releases from their main team. And then dropping their entire academy team is just like, at the moment, my favorite part of Florida is their social media manager and their graphic designer. Yeah. Those are the good ones. So... Um, Anthony and the Thibbledork, for those of you who don't know who yeah, I'm talking Thibble, about. Thibbledork's good people. Thibbledork is good people. He's, so, he's their new social media manager. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, what was their team like? Uh, so it was third, fourth, and again uh, in Contenders NA West, uh, which is definitely not a an awe-inspiring result. And looking at it, I'm not going to lie to you, uh, I haven't really followed their roster super closely. Um, this is not a roster that, uh, I think had a massive upside outside of certain key people. Um, so. It looks like they had Byron for one. Well, yeah, that's where they. That uh, we just talked about. That's where Florida yoinked them from. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, again, I think that this is a good move for the organization, especially because I feel like this roster was kind of a, a transitory one to begin with. Like, they were rebuilding because they lost a lot of people that they had uh, previously because they let go of Rob Dab, which was their main flex support, and they lost Fosix and Stratus, who are were on their team previously, to uh, the, the Justice. So they don't have a, a good number of people. And even before that, they had had um, Hello, I'm Halo, and Ezire on their team, who have both left. Like, this roster seems a little bit slapped together, so I feel like, in for them at least, 
paring down and rebuilding in a, a roster and players that you see a tremendous upside in and really want to develop in the same way that they developed Super and Sinatra from people who were good and had promise into, you know, absolute fucking badasses. You know what would be crazy? Mm-hmm. If uh, Shock picked up all of the all of Florida's academy players honestly, for their academy. Honestly, I could see a good number of them ending up over there. Because they're also a mixed roster. Yeah. So it would make sense for them to grab mixed, I don't want to say mixed players, that's not a good phrase, but, you know, to have a mixed roster on their academy yeah, team. Yeah, to well. have an uh, interregional team. Manhattan, uh, Mangachu, mm-hmm. again, we, um, Fact and Shax yeah, were Manhattan, traded away, but... Uh, Mangachu uh, Apply, I think, is no longer with the Mayhem. Really? So much for that two-way contract. Yeah. Um, it's, a, it's a rough one for them. It is. I, I feel bad for the players because, again, they came off of a winning season. Yeah, They, they had a really good one. Yeah, like, they... And a publicized mm-hmm. really good one. Well, they they had, like, the thing is, they also placed third, fourth. They did well, but they didn't, like, shock the world. Hey, 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 that's the shock's new hashtag. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know that third, fourth isn't the absolute best. Yeah, but they looked like a team with a significant upside. And also... Uh, Upsetting Fusion Academy, Fusion University, yeah, which was something that no one had done for seasons. Because actually, no, I take it back. Straight. They were six and one. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. they, they good. They had a really good season, and I think that that's the for as little as contenders is publicized in Overwatch League circles. It deserves so much more. I know it deserves so much more, but I think this was something that was on people's radars. Yeah. Yeah, whereas energy esports performance was a little less discussed. Less so. Yeah, so I think that's the reason why we noticed a lot more, especially since Florida did this already with their main team. It was just like, well, we made a decision. Bye mm-hmm. for more than one person, just, which is uh, yeah. that's a little wild. Yeah, it is, and it's just unfortunate that so many players kind of get cut in this way, especially so fast. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, just, again, I don't think this is a good look for Florida. Yeah, and especially because, like, their team had made a lot of improvements. I kind of forgot yeah. that they went 6-1, and one, but a lot of their players individually looked very improved over where they were previously. So I'm sure for academy teams that are searching, mm-hmm. and I think even for some league teams that are searching, now that they're all free agents, I wouldn't be surprised if they get picked up rather quickly. Yeah. And again, especially if San Francisco is rebuilding their academy team, why would you not grab all of these academy players? Why would you not grab the team wholesale if you could? Yeah, there are a large number of players that are just on the free market right now that would make a valuable addition, addition, addition to pretty much any team you could think of. But if you pick up this team wholesale, you've got a team that already has yeah. synergy. Well, you can't pick it up wholesale. You need to make some additions just because some of them are no longer, you know, some of them got picked up by the Valiant. Yeah. But, yeah, I think it could be a good core for people to build around. Oh, that's what they should do then. Obviously, this is a thing that we know. We are the experts. Yeah. I mean, of course. (laughs) Of course. Of course. Of course. Anyway, 
We got one more thing to touch on, and that is a thing that started today. Yes. And that is the Overwatch anniversary event. I finally have every single unlock for Reinhardt. Yay! The only ones I didn't have were two of the anniversary uh, was an emote and a voice line. I am probably going to wind up buying that Mercy Sugar Plum Fairy skin. I have too many skins mm -hmm. for her that just don't get used because I have too many and they're all great. Yeah. I also need to stop buying Symmetra skins because I have the Oasis one, and it's been the Oasis one for well over a year now. Because <laughs> it's beautiful. But yeah, we've got new skins. We've got the, uh, we have the Diva Schoolgirl skin, which, um, there's been some contention over that one. Shocking. Partially because Jeff made a comment about, you know, Jeff from the Overwatch team, made a comment about how this skin was going to, quote, break the internet. And partially because we should maybe stop doing schoolgirl stuff. Yeah. It's it's okay when the talent does it, because it's funny. But evidently, yeah, there's there's some trouble. With, mm, I'm trying not to step on anyone's kinks, but I'm also kind of going, guys, you know what you're doing here, right? Show on it a little bit. Uh, I like yeah. Gargoyle Winston, though. Oh, Gargoyle, Gargoyle Winston, Winston is amazing. I am unhappy that Reinhardt didn't get a skin this time. But Reinhardt has a number of very good ones. I mean, yeah, but still a lot of other player characters did. The Roadhog skin. Yeah. I was not Very rarely is a Roadhog skin ever my favorite. Yeah. Because it's really hard for me just to get past Roadhog. But that skin is amazing. Yeah. It's just the right amount of horror balanced in there. It's so good. It's it's a floating skull in a jar, you guys. It's the best. The May skin is also really, really cute. Yes, it is. Like, it's I appreciate adorable. that little, like, fast food waitress-y skin. It looks more like, yeah, like In-N-Out Burger, yeah, like, yeah. 50s inspired. Yeah. And it's absolutely adorable. Like, they did a lot of really good ones. I feel like the Diva one was... What other cute stereotypical outfit can we put her in? We haven't done Schoolgirl yet. Please stop. Yeah. Please stop. Yeah, Please someone... stop. Many people dropped the ball with that one. Yes. And it is a cute skin. I just... There have also been people saying, couldn't we have gotten a Sentai skin for her too and had the mech tricked out like a Sentai robot? That would be rad as shit. Wouldn't that be amazing? Oh, fuck. You hadn't heard that? No. Oh, I've seen a few people do art of it. Just the concept. I'm like, yeah, Pink oh. Ranger. I'm like, yes. Oh, my God. A Sentai skin for Diva? Are you kidding me? Yes, please. And I understand that she is the vehicle for kind of the cute cosplay-y skins. And I would love to be able to get away from that a little yeah, bit. a little bit. Considering she is also a... Soldier know, and a soldier fucking badass. Who has, you know, seen her homeland destroyed by the Omnics from a young age. And even if she it does have a lot of the sassiness to her and all that, like, her personality definitely is, you know, conducive to that, I'd say. But at the same time, come on. She gets more of the skins that are a little more sexualized or yeah. more easily sexualized. Yeah. And that's... That's one of those things where it's like, well, there are sexy Mercy skins. Yes, there are. I've seen that witch skin. Thank you. Like, yeah. 
a lot of the ladies have sexy skins, and some of the guys have sexy skins, too. And I'm not saying, like, she's the only one and it's terrible. It's that the ratio is a little unbalanced when it comes to her. And I feel like there's so much you can do, especially with the mech, mm-hmm. that they don't take advantage yeah. of so that they can do something cute for her instead. Mm-hmm. And I say that as someone who, I love the cat dress skin. Yeah. I think it's adorable. I think her uh, Chinese New Year skin is Oh, great. I love that one. That's so good. Yeah. Like, she's she's got some really, really good ones. And then she's got some ones like this that are just kind of like, the, the, it's not creative. No. Gargoyle Winston looks amazing. Yeah. Maze looks really good. Roadhogs looks really good. Mm. There are so many that look so great. And the diva one is the one that's publicized. And the diva one is the one that's just like, you put her in a scroll girl outfit. Congratulations. Yep. Well done. You shot low. Yeah, and you made it. Yeah. Threw away that shot. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed in that choice. It was a well-executed choice, but it was not a well-chosen choice. Yeah. It, uh, Words. Legit, though, I'm excited for these skins that I'm always kind of... It always kind of makes me happy to see that it's like, oh, it's the third anniversary. I mean, yeah. this has been going on for that long. And we get to go back and play all the old brawls, which I love. Yeah. I love when Capture the Flag is a requirement. I The the Nepal map for it drives me bonkers. Yeah. But I do love Capture the Flag. I find it a lot of fun. Mm. I, can, I can take it or leave it sometimes, but it's nice to have it there. Look, I've learned to play Symmetra because Capture the Flag was a thing. That's that's when I started playing Symmetra because it's like, oh, we need turrets and I don't know how to Torbjorn and don't want to learn. Mm-hmm. Great, let's do Symmetra. And it wound up being great. Well, anything else we got to go over? I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> Have we been here long enough? We've kind of, We've kind of hit all the beats. We've got a little bit of, uh, of time before the... Uh, the next stage starts, so I don't think we need to file away prediction. Well, do you want to do that just because we've got some... Uh... I would say we may or may not have an episode next week. It's going to depend on... We could just do a short news episode and do yeah. predictions next week. Yeah, I think that's... Whatever that we've got. Yeah, maybe we'll talk about mm-hmm. the anniversary event if something new happens or... You know, because yeah. it's Overwatch. Something we, we're going to finish recording this, gonna, and then tomorrow something is going to happen. I'm refreshing Reddit right now. Yep. It's Gods and Shariq. Yep. All right. Visas. Jakiran finally making it. Yeah, I like that they've got the fucking Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> yes, I did love the bit about a Gladiator's Legion player Water making it yeah. to number one because I just saw that on Twitter and I was like. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. That's really great. Congratulations. So, yeah, I um, I think we're good for now. I think we can probably do a short episode next week, only if it's like 10 minutes to come in and do predictions yeah. or whatever. But I am sure that someone is going to do something or say something oh, or announce something, and week. we will have news. Yeah, for sure. Something's going to happen in the next week. It's got to. Yeah. This is Overwatch. It's going to happen tomorrow because we recorded today. Yes. Always how it works. Apparently so, yeah. there's going to be some sort of announcement from the Justice, but no idea what that is. So yeah, I mean, look out for that. Who knows? It might be their new manager, which makes me sad. I'm a Miss Kate, but mm-hmm. here we are. Yeah. 
So yeah, so this is recorded on a Tuesday, so obviously something's going to happen on Wednesday. Mark your calendars. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and in the meantime, CJ, where can the people find you? At the underscore rage underscore nerd on Twitter, and uh, at the Overwatch Pretenders. I am main tank for Mercury Cougars. I also cast games for them from time to time. Uh, my team just had our third game of the season today, and we won in a reverse sweep, which Yay! felt so good. Congratulations. Thank you. Where can people go to watch those? Uh, Twitch.tv slash Overwatch Pretenders. Awesome. Whew. And I am Katie. You can follow me all over the social medias as well as on YouTube and Twitch at Kiaxet. That is K-I-A-X-E-T. I also do a series of other podcasts all having to do with Rooster Teeth properties. We are currently in the middle of Red vs. Blue and we're going to start off Camp Camp when it starts next week. Holy cow, it's almost June already. Whatever happened, holy cow. Yeah, May went fast. It did. Boy, this month was quick. Yeah. So, yeah. If you enjoy this podcast, you can listen to it on that YouTube channel. You can also listen to it at anchor.fm slash on the point. We're also on all of your podcast listening devices. So iTunes or I guess Apple podcasts at this point and Google play and all that fun stuff. So Mm -hmm. feel free to pop over there, rate us, give us a review, all of those wonderful things. It helps other people find us. If you rate us five stars and give nice reviews that that makes their algorithm happy you can't see it but i like smirk towards the microphone like eh? Eh, eh, eh? Eh? make that algorithm happy <laughs> if you eh? want to support oh, us you can do that on anchor.fm slash on the point and also supporting our sponsor supports us so head over to fredsbs.com f-r-e-d-s-b-s.com and use coupon code on the point for 20 percent off your entire order seriously cookies so good especially for this long memorial day weekend Mm. So yeah, enjoy your three-day weekend. I certainly will be. Anything else? We good? No. Yeah? No, yeah. we're not good? Yeah, we're good? We're, we're, yeah, we're good. <laughs> no, I, asked I you, don't have another thing. I asked you two yeah. opposite questions. Yes. I did. All yeah. right, let's see nine. Yeet! <laughs>